Last Sunday evening, we looked at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. Those verses have as their subject trials, trying circumstances, and how the believer can turn trials into triumphs. Today's verses are James 1, 9 through 11. These verses have as their subject two particular trials, two specific trying circumstances of life, and what the answers are to them for the believer. The two particular trials that James brings up and addresses are poverty and wealth, having little and having much, being poor and being rich. Perhaps we would not think of poverty and wealth as being trials in life, especially wealth. I mean, where is the challenge? Where is the difficulty with wealth? But both can be trials. And we will see that this morning. And also what the answers to these two trials are for the Christian. Let me read our verses of today once again. James 1, 9 through 11. Then lead us in prayer and then take us into the body of our message. James 1, verses 9 through 11 from the early New International Version. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we were reminded earlier in the service that you use your word to work graciously in the lives of people. Would you please use your word in our lives now? Would you please, through the work of the Holy Spirit, Take your word and hit our lives, change our lives, work so that your name and your word are honored. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Point one, poverty as a trial of life. Verse nine of our text opens with these words. 
the brother in humble circumstances. In the early New Testament church, I have read, believers in humble circumstances were not just present, they were very numerous. In Paul's letter to the Christians at Corinth, known as 1 Corinthians, he wrote in chapter 1, verse 26, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. And then he said in verse 28, he, meaning God, chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. In the church, not many wise, not many influential, not many of noble birth, rather the lowly ones, the ones that are not. In Paul's letters of Ephesians and Colossians, we see that he gave special instructions to slaves because there were many of them in the churches at Ephesus and Colossae. And similarly, Peter, in his letter of 1 Peter, gave advice to household servants, many of whom would be slaves and all of humble social standing because, no doubt, of their abundant presence in the churches to which he was writing. Believers of humble circumstances, believers who were of low social status and little income, were much a part, were probably the majority part of the early New Testament church. And being in humble circumstances could be a real trial in life. Being of low social position and poor income could be a real test of faith. Let me try to help you to see this. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In the church at Corinth, at their gatherings for worship, the Christians would have a common meal before they would go home. A common meal which would flow into the Lord's Supper. The Christians were to bring food to eat and to share for this meal. It was called a love feast. But that idea had been lost. The love and the sharing 
had gone away in Corinth. Some of the Christians in Corinth were so poor that when they came with their food to the common meal, they did not even have enough to satisfy their pangs of hunger. They would go on and sit there still hungry. They would go home hungry. Look at verse 21. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. One remains hungry. Another gets drunk. The middle of verse 22. Do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? Not even enough food to satisfy their hunger. Now, how do you think it felt to be poor like that? How do, how do you think it felt to be in that condition in life? Little food, little money, few clothes, no status. Do you think it was easy? No problem, no big thing? It was, no doubt, for many, a real trial. For many of those believers, their poverty was a great trial for their lives. And James now, who himself came from a rather lowly background, wanted to speak words of help to people of humble circumstances. He wanted in his letter to help these people in their trial. Perhaps some of us are of humble circumstances, meaning compared to those around us, compared to, to those with whom we, we deal a lot, Perhaps some of us are of humble circumstances. Or perhaps we know some believers who are lowly. Lowly in finances, in goods, in work, in respect. Let's look at what James says about poverty as a trial of life, meaning how a believer can triumph in this trial. All of verse 9. All of verse 9 reads, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. Triumphing in humble circumstances is done through realizing and rejoicing in our high position in Christ spiritually. My friends, there is nothing higher, there is nothing greater, there is nothing richer than to be in Christ through faith in him. There is nothing even close to this. And the believer triumphs 
in his humble circumstances, by joying in what God has given him in Christ, by joying in his spiritual, eternal wealth. Listen, by focusing on what is truly valuable. There is where the victory comes. Listen to this quote. Poor though he is in worldly goods, as a Christian, he is spiritually enriched. His life, previously insignificant, is now vested with new importance. Outwardly, he may still be a slave or a poorly paid servant, little valued by those who use his labor and hardly noticed by his fellow servants. But now he knows himself to be a child of God, a joint heir with Christ. He may not seem to matter in the world of men, but he matters to God. God values him even to the extent of coming in Christ to die on a cross for him. He can say, and marvel at it. He loved me and gave himself up for me. In the 1700s, Great Britain experienced a great revival. It has been called the Evangelical Revival. One of the places impacted by this revival was Kingswood a mining town near Bristol that was one of the most degraded and poverty-stricken sections in the land. As the people of Kingswood entered into the spiritual riches of life in Christ, they learned to sing and to make their own this hymn which included these lines. On all the kings of earth, with pity, I look down. Their new riches as Christian believers seemed far greater than the passing riches of even the world's most privileged people. On all the kings of earth, with pity, I look down. How can we triumph in humble circumstances? Those who have little status, little appreciation, few possessions. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. We ought to rejoice in the truth, James chapter 2 verse 5, that we are rich in faith. That we are poor, rich. Do you rejoice in your spiritual wealth? Are you thankful that you are rich in faith and realize that you have more than anything in having that? Our second point this morning is riches 
as a trial of life. After James talks of the brother in humble circumstances, verse 9, he goes on to bring up the brother who is rich in verses 10 and 11. Verse 10, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. Once again, why can riches be a trial? What can be so difficult? What can be so hard? What can be so challenging to a believer about having wealth? Well, for one thing, wealth can lead us to forget God. Look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Moses is addressing the children of Israel here. The children of Israel will soon be going into their promised land. A land, now look at verses 7, 8, and 9. A land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. The children of Israel will soon be receiving a very, very good land. Look now at verse 10 and the opening words of verse 11. Moses cautions the Israelites, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. What can riches do? Why can they be a trial? One reason they can be a trial is they can lead a believer to forget God, to live as if there is no God, to live as if she doesn't need God. Riches can lead a believer to take her eyes off of God and have her trust in her riches. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to put their hope in wealth, but to put their hope in God. Why did Paul write those words? Because it is really easy to forget God, to put our hope in our possessions, and in our wealth. It's very easy to do that. Here is one other reason riches can be a trial. Riches can keep a person 
from becoming a believer in Jesus Christ to begin with in the first place. Matthew 19 contains the story of the rich young ruler. After the rich young ruler leaves Jesus without eternal life because, verse 22, he had great wealth. His wealth kept him from eternal life. Jesus goes on to say this to his disciples, verses 23 and 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, those of us who remember the King James Version, verily, verily, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Riches can be a trial, even as humble circumstances can. Riches can keep people from entering the kingdom of God. Well, what is the answer to this trial? What now does James tell us in our passage about triumphing over wealth? Listen to verse 10 again. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. The answer is for the wealthy believer to rejoice in his low position. I think that means the wealthy believer is to rejoice that God has done a work of repentance in his life. The wealthy believer is to be thankful for and focus on the truths that through God, he knows he's a sinner. He knows he needs a savior. He knows he is eternally lost in and of himself. He knows that he deserves no good thing from God. But through God, he has bowed himself before Jesus Christ and made Jesus Christ his Savior and Lord. It is this humbling of himself that has brought him to God and made him right with God, not his wealth. And he should focus on and rejoice in that. I mentioned how the miners of Kingswood would sing a song that would remind them, that would testify to how rich they really were. Well, here's a song for rich believers. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. There it is. There's the answer to not giving in to riches and forgetting God and harming our spiritual lives. Look with me at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 begins our Lord's Sermon on the Mount. And our Lord started his Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. Notice what the very first Beatitude is. It's found in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who possesses the kingdom of heaven? Who, who is part of God's kingdom? Those who are poor in spirit. Those who are spiritually humble because they know their sinfulness and their need of a savior. They're the ones that possess the kingdom of heaven. Look at the next beatitude, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It is those who mourn their sins. It is those who repent of their sins who will be comforted with forgiveness and eternal life. The rich believer should rejoice that that mourning is true of him. He should focus on that spiritually low position in his life to triumph over the trial of wealth. Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. I've used this passage in the past, and I've even suggested that you underline these words. So turn to Jeremiah 9 and see if you've underlined these words that go along with what we're saying now. Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah, right after the book of Isaiah. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me. Victory over riches or or human strength, or human wisdom comes from treasuring that we know God through repentance and spiritual humility. Do you know God through confessing your sins and humbly making Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord? Have you ever been brought spiritually low for salvation? These are such important questions. Going back to James chapter 1, look at verse 11. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. 
In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. James says to us here, the wealthy will fade away one day, and so will their riches. The wealthy will not live on and on in their physical wealth. In fact, their lives will be over rather quickly. And it is the spiritually humbling of themselves and bowing before the Lord Jesus that will save them, not their riches. And so I ask again, do you know God through confessing your sins and humbly making Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord? Two particular trials in life. They can be humble circumstances and riches. Having little, having much. Here is how we can go through those trials and not be defeated by them. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position. The poor rich. The rich poor. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word your word that speaks truth to us. And Heavenly Father, we, we ask again, would you please take your word and work it into each one of our lives? Oh, Heavenly Father, we need your word. We pray that you would come with your word and change us. And let our change be to your glory, as we said earlier, to the honor of your name and your word. In Jesus' name, amen.